tonight we're going to talk about ways to choose right friends. You guys have all heard the saying, the only difference between who you are now and who you will be five years from now are the books that you read and the people that you meet. And uh, especially for you young people in here tonight, man, friends are so unbelievably influential in our lives and we need to choose the right friends. I have already in my young ministry and in my young life, I already have met young people that have really made uh, decisions that, that, have, that have kicked them off or kicked them out of God's course for their life simply because they got the wrong friend. And what's cool is some of you guys that are in here tonight, because you had the right friend, because there was a Christian that was a godly influence to you, that's one of the reasons you're here tonight, is that you have had godly friends and God, have brought the, God has brought the right people into your life. So we're going to dive in and look at that tonight. Ways to choose right friends, choosing the right friends. Well, John chapter 15 and verse 15 Henceforth I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth. But I have called you friends, for all things that I have heard of my Father I have made known unto you. Man, that verse is an amazing, that, that could be an awesome message in and of itself. You know, we can't understand what it's like being in slavery. But you may have a boss that you, uh, you work where you work. And you don't know what goes on within the leadership of that place because, you know, you're, you know, the way a Bible would look at as a servant, you're serving as an employee in a certain place. And the Lord says, I have called you friends and I have made known unto you this truth that the Father has, has given to me. It, that's amazing, the relationship that we have. So number one, the first right way, the first way to choose right friends, first off and foremost, is to choose the friendship of Christ. To choose the friendship of Christ. If you're, and this is like anything in life, if our relationship with the Lord is first and foremost and that's in its right place, God will help you with the rest of it. God will help you to know the people that come into your life, whether they're a, a right godly friend or whether they're a terrible, horrible influence that doesn't need to be an influence in your life. But first and foremost, we need to choose the friendship of Christ. Now, we're not going to take the time to look there, but in Luke 24 and in Mark 6, there are two different instances. One, the disciples are out in the boat rowing. They're toiling all night, and they're just rowing their arms off. And the Lord comes walking out on the water and says, hey, guys. And the Bible says he made as though he would have kept going, but they yelled at him. They're saying, Lord, Lord, come over here. And he made as though he would have gone by. And there's another instance of that happening when, you guys remember, the Lord is on the uh, Emmaus Road. There are the two disciples there. And they're speaking about what had just happened, that the crucifixion that had happened uh, earlier in Jerusalem and, and th they couldn't find the body of the Lord. And uh, the Lord is, is hidden from their eyes. He comes up and he begins to speak with them. And it, the Bible says that their eyes were held, that they didn't know that it was Christ. He begins to speak to them. And then he opens the word of God and shows them all these things in the scriptures concerning himself. And finally, they get to where they, these two disciples were going. They get to their house. And the Bible says that Jesus made as though he would have kept going further. He made as though he would have gone further. And the disciples say, hey, Lord, well, they don't know it's the Lord yet. They stop him and they say, hey, will you come and come and spend time with us? And they invite him in. He goes in there, breaks bread with them, and their eyes are open and they understand who it is that they're with. But both times the Lord, he, he didn't force himself into a friendship with them. He gave them the opportunity to invite him in and respond. And obviously in the book of Revelation, we have Jesus Christ outside the church at Laodicea knocking, saying, if any man will open the door, I will come in and sup with him and he with me. So obviously, first and foremost, you know, the Lord is offering us salvation. But then beyond that, the Lord, he wants to spend time with you every day. Jesus Christ wants to hang out with you teenagers. He wants to hang with you guys every single day. 
And you know how he can do that? By you getting in and reading his word and spending time praying and talking to him like he's your friend. That is an, um, that is an unbelievable part of the relationship, of an aspect of the relationship that we have with the Lord that just blows my mind. That we could be, he says, I don't call you servants, I call you friends. And now he does say, if any man love me, let him keep my commandments. And so we need to make sure that we're following the Lord and doing what he wants us to do in our lives. But first and foremost, you have to choose the friendship of Christ. Because when you don't choose that and your relationship with the Lord isn't right, man, you'll get your life really whacked out. You'll get it really out of kilter. And you'll have some influences in your life that don't need to be there. So first and foremost, choose the friendship of Christ. Secondly, choose the friends of Christ. Choose the friends of Christ. Letter A, choose the crowd that loves Christ sincerely. The people that you allow to influence you, the people that you spend the time with, do they love Christ? Look at 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 22. Where this is uh, not so much an expository message. We're not going to stay in just one place. We're going to look at it, some different verses here on friendship. 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 22. But you guys know our pattern and habit here is to take a text and, and preach that expositorily tonight. We're going to be uh, bouncing around some. So 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 22. Paul giving uh, Timothy this instruction. This young Timothy, he says, Flee also youthful lusts, but follow righteousness, faith, charity, peace, with them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart. So uh, this is really cool to me, and it helps give me instruction on how to deal with young people. Paul says, Flee youthful lusts. So I guarantee you, these guys right here, there are some things in your life that are going to be temptations to you as young men that I can tell you to flee. There are going to be things like that. You just, there's a youthful temptation that you need to flee. But my job is not just to tell you what to run away from, what not to do. If I told Tristan, hey, don't do that, don't do that. If every time we went on a youth activity, he started doing something, Tristan, knock it off. Tristan, don't do that. That's a bunch of negative stuff, right? But look at what Paul does. He says, hey, don't do that. But then he gives him something to follow. Okay, if you don't want me to follow this, what do you want me to follow? Um, it's amazing the energy that teenagers have, right? I'm going to find that out tomorrow because I'm going to find out how long these guys can go on ride after ride after ride on the vortex and flipping around six times. And have any of you guys ever thrown up on a ride? Okay, we're going to try and first time for everything. So tomorrow we're going to load you up on some steak and eggs or something before we get out there. But, um, you know, these, these young people have energy and to just stifle that and tell them, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. That's only, that's only part of the problem. What they need to know is, okay, what do I do then? And you guys need to follow righteousness, faith, purity with them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart. Let's give you some good things to do. Let's give you an activity where we can go and ride a bazillion rides. And I love the kind, I, the, my favorite rides are the ones where you just get taken up like hundreds of feet and dropped. <laughs> Man, I, I want to skydive sometime. Did you know Matt Skydove? Do you know that? Okay. My mom found out after the fact that my older brother went skydiving one time. And she, oh, you knew about it beforehand. All right, well, okay. Um, I want to do that sometime. I want to skydive. That would be just incredibly insane, right? Um, you know, and, and the, the rides where we go around and you twist and you turn, that's all fun. But I just like Cedar Point, they had the power towers at Kings Island. I forget what it's called. Is it Drop Zone? Oh, yeah. My wife, Shauna, she likes the delirium. Man, that thing makes me sick. It's like you're flying in an F-16 and just doing barrel rolls. You know, to me, that's, that's the big one where it's round and it's on a pendulum and it rotates as you're going up. So, 
oh man, I get a little queasy just thinking about it. But we're going to have to do that tomorrow. But my favorite rides are you just get taken up and just absolutely dropped. You know, we want to give you guys an opportunity to do that with a bunch of other kids that call on the Lord out of a pure heart. I want you guys to be able to hang out with each other and talk to each other um, with other Christians and know that as a Christian, you can have a blast. And the Christian life is the best life you could ever live. This world will lie to you and they'll put things in temptations and, and lift up. You know, I think about, I just thought about this, this kid, Justin Bieber, the other day. And it's only a matter of time before his life is an absolute wreck. You look at, you know, Britney Spears is, is such a has-been. You know, you can go through young person after young person that the world, they literally have everything in their hands. And it's about 10 years and they're just, they're either not seen, they're not heard, they're in jail, they're getting busted on DUIs. This world has nothing eternal to offer you. Nothing. Jesus Christ has eternal life and uh, amazing reward as we, as we live for him and, and serve him in the end. So choose the friends of Christ. Choose the crowd that loves Christ sincerely. Be with those that call on the Lord out of a pure heart. Uh, letter B, choose friends who are willing to wound you when you are doing wrong. Choose friends who are willing to wound you when you're doing wrong. Proverbs twenty-seven seventeen. Man, may the Lord never allow us to get to the place where we don't have a friend that'll point out to us and correct us when we're doing wrong. Somebody that would encourage us and, and maybe really get in our face and say, look, what are you doing? Um, we need to have friends that are willing to wound us when we're doing wrong. Proverbs 27 in verse 17 here. Scripture says, iron sharpeneth iron, so a man sharpeneth the countenance of his friend. As iron sharpeneth iron, so a man sharpeneth the countenance of his friend. Uh, let me ask you, you teenagers, do you guys have somebody in your life that if you went out and you got drunk tonight, that somebody would just rip your face off? I hope that you do. I hope, and, and now here's the cool thing. I don't think any of you guys are going to do that. But you need somebody in your life that will give it to you straight, that will tell you, look, this is absolutely moronic. This is not honoring to the Lord, and you need to change this. Man, and don't ever get frustrated when you've got leadership or you have parents that are going to counsel you and challenge you to do what's right. Man, don't ever resent that because we need people in our lives. You know, I'm 29 years old now, right? I'm almost the 3-0. I still, man, when I'm 40, I'm going to need somebody that will get in my face and say, look, and give me correction, give me instruction. And you hear pastors say it often. The person, there are two people that will never do anything. Those that have to be told everything and those that can be told nothing don't be the type of person that someone can't tell you something and you, you just can't take any, any advice the bible says that a, a wise man will hear instruction will increase learning so do you have friends that will uh wound you when you're doing wrong and try and stop you then let her see choose friends who will provoke you to do right choose friends who will provoke you to do right look at hebrews chapter 10 hebrews chapter 10 Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 24 says, And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. To provoke unto love and good works. Notice this with me. He says, And let us consider one another. Um, you know, through our inreach and outreach, and, and I imagine that if you have been at this church for any length of time, I hope, and we are trying to cultivate a spirit and an atmosphere here in this church of friendliness and love to where you can't be here very long without gaining some friends. And getting some people that will encourage you 
and consider you, you know, thinking about your birthday, thinking about maybe a job situation where you maybe you just got fired from your job and you don't know what to do. You know, we want to cultivate a spirit and atmosphere here in this ministry where we're considering one another. You know, where we're praying for Rose and for um, uh, her stress testimony, you know, just just loving on people. Man, it's such a vital part of a local church. And I hope that if you've been here any length of time, you've seen in that, that atmosphere as we're trying to, through the Spirit of God, love one another and care for each other's needs. Um, he says, so not only let us consider one another, but to provoke unto love and to good works. Most of the time, this word provoke, is that a negative connotation or a positive connotation? Father, provoke not your children to wrath, right? What does that mean? Tristan, come on up here for a minute. When you think about provoke... I always think of poke, <laughs> you know, just don't provoke them to wrath. You know, if I sat here and did this, you know, the Chinese water torture for Tri- to Tristan for very long and poked at him and poked at him and said, you're worthless. You're never going to do anything in your life and provoked him. Eventually there, I mean, he may have a very good temper and a very kind, gentle personality, but at some point he's going to break, right? At some point I'm going to provoke him to anger. Um, what I love is a uh, uh, Christmas story. You know, and they're out there by the flagpole and it's winter. And the guy's like, I double dog dare ya. And he's trying to get these other kids. He's, what is he doing? He's provoking this other boy. Now, kids don't do this. To stick his tongue in the middle of the winter to a flagpole that's metal. And uh, they're like, well, I triple dog dare ya. And he's like, oh, man, it's never been, been done before. He just, he, he skipped the single double dog dare and the triple dog dare. Just went right for the triple dog dare. And he goes, oh, man. And so the kid sticks his tongue to the pole. And what happens? He, sent, he ends up doing this. And they have to call the fire department and the police department and come out there. And um, I can't remember the main character's name, but he goes in there and acts like he didn't do anything. It's awesome. Well, imagine if Tristan is, you know, he's in church like once every six weeks. And, and I'm his friend and I'm saying, hey, Tristan, why weren't you at church? Man, you got to be at church. And I'm provoking him saying, hey, Tristan, you know what? I triple dog dare you to be in Sunday school this weekend. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, imagine, you know, we always think of provoke in such a negative way. God says, you know what? I want you guys to provoke one another. Hey, Bob, Matt. Hey, hey, bro, hey brother Bob. I dare you to compliment pastor on his, on his message on Sunday. I dare you to do that. You know, I dare you to, I dare you. Now you're not going to have trouble with this, but I dare you to be nice to your wife this week. You know, it's kind of funny. Uh, Tristan, come on, man, do it. Come on, go to Kings Island. Come on, come on. I know. Come on. I, I, dude, if you do that, you're going to be, you'll be so cool if you go to Kings Island tomorrow with all of us. You know, thanks, you can be seated. I just wanted you to stand there for a while. Um, you know, think about that. When God says, I want to, you to provoke one another to love and to good works. Man, I don't know about you, but I haven't been doing much provoking lately. I haven't been... Uh, just just nagging people man to be loving the lord and be where they're supposed to be and i hope that you would never get um frustrated or resent that atmosphere in a church where we're trying to provoke you to love and to good works that'd be such a bad thing (laughs) you know and so when you teenagers when you guys if you know somebody that's not here or, or if you guys have friends that you know need to get saved man Provoke them unto love. Provoke them to good works and, and, and challenge them to come and hear the preaching of the word of God and, uh, and, and get them here so they can hear the gospel. But choose friends who will provoke you to do right. If, if your main friends, if the main influence in your life is always 
hey, do you want to go see this or do you want to go do that? And it's always the most ungodly stuff that's ever been known to man. That's not what you need in your life. You need a friend that's going to provoke you to love and to good works. And here's the deal. I know a lot of you guys, you're doing that for each other within our youth group. And man, praise God for that. You guys continue to do that. And then letter D, choose friends who will strengthen your relationship with God. Choose friends who will strengthen your relationship with God. Um, we have time, so we'll go here. I don't think you have this written down. Look at 1 Samuel 23. 1 Samuel 23. And verse 16. 1 Samuel 23, verse 16. If you look at verse 15 and give you the context and David saw that Saul was come out to seek his life and David was in the wilderness of Ziph in a wood. And Jonathan, Saul's son, arose and went to David into the wood and strengthened his hand in God. Well, how did he do that? Well, verse 17. And he said unto him, fear not for the hand of my father, Saul, uh, for the hand of Saul, my father shall not find thee. And thou shalt be king over Israel, and I shall be next unto thee, and that also Saul my father knoweth. And the two made a covenant before the Lord, and David abode in the wood, and Jonathan went to his house. If you remember, uh, David's running for his life. Saul had tried to take his spear and actually wung it at him, tried to kill him. And Saul wanted his son Jonathan to be king. And Jonathan and David were really, really good friends. So you can imagine the friction there, where if every time you go to your friend's house, your dad, you know, his dad's trying to kill you that's kind of a bummer right that's pretty rough (laughs) and tried to kill frankie lately um so you can imagine the friction that would create and that would there would be a tendency there for jonathan to have his heart drawn away from david because of his father but jonathan has he makes the right decision and he comes out to david and if you're david maybe you're thinking man i don't know if my best friend i don't know if he'll turn his back on me maybe he i mean if you're young and it's like, hey, would you like to be president of the United States? Sweet, dude. Do I get to ride in the bulletproof limo? Yeah, you know, definitely. I mean, there's, there's a lot of, there. And, and so imagine the temptation for Jonathan to say, you know what? All I have to do is just kind of disown David and I could be king. I mean, my dad's the king and, and I rightly fully deserve it. I am the son of the king. I, I mean, and Jonathan could have reasoned that in his mind, but he made the right decision. And he went to David and said, David, I know what's going on right now. It's not right, but I want you to know this. When you're king, I'll be, I'll be your right-hand man. You see, Jonathan was making the right choice because he knew God's plan. He knew it was God's plan for David to be king, not him. And he was willing to submit to that and have a, a godly friendship. And he actually encouraged David because David, when they met in the wood, Jonathan at that point could have really destroyed their friendship. But Jonathan said, no, David, you're going to be king. And when you are, can I ride in the bulletproof limo with you? <laughs> you know, it, 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 He's saying... When you're king, I'll be your right-hand man. And Jonathan understood the friendship. He understood God's plan for David's life, and he encouraged him in that. Um, So you need the friends that will strengthen your relationship with God. Then look with me at Psalm 119, verse 63. Psalm 119, verse 63. The Bible in uh, the book of Proverbs, I think three or four times it uses the word companion companion it gives us a couple of people um the bible says that uh that if somebody's lazy they're slothful they're companion to him that is a great waster so if your best friends are lazy you know what you're going to be 
you're going to waste your life. You're going to waste time. You're going to waste effort, talent, and time that God has given you. Um, and in here, this is the answer to the wrong companions from Proverbs. We, we didn't take time to look there tonight. But in Psalm 119, verse 63, he says, I am a companion of all them that fear thee and of them that keep thy precepts. I am a companion of them that fear thee and of them that keep thy precepts. And many times, for many of you adults, you can remember, especially if you got saved when you were younger, maybe you got saved as a teenager, you can remember that either your friends got saved or they got lost. Because there was a change in your life and the stuff that they used to do, you just knew, man, I'm not doing that anymore. I'm not living that way. I'm living for the Lord. And some of you adults can identify that with that. But the psalmist here says, I am a companion. My friends, my companions, they fear God. Some of the reason they don't do certain things in the scriptures, they don't uh, uh, disobey God, is because they fear the Lord. And not only do they fear God, but they keep His precepts. Do your friends know the Word of God? Do they care about keeping the Word of God? Now, don't ever forget this. And you guys know that I said this to you a couple weeks ago. Those of you guys that are in, uh, in our public school system, you guys are on a mission field. And you guys have an amazing opportunity that God has given you to be a witness and a testimony to Jesus for Christ to these kids that are lost. And if you're homeschooled or you're at a Christian school, man, you still have an amazing responsibility. And God will give you the opportunity to witness to other kids for him. Uh, and, and so no doubt about that. Um, but you guys that are at a public school, you have an amazing opportunity to win your friends to Christ to get them here for the preaching so they can hear the gospel, to get them to youth activities and and youth conferences where they can hear the gospel. Um, But through all of this, we need to remember to choose right friends. And how can we do that? First, by choosing the friendship of Christ. Secondly, by choosing the friends of Christ. Let me give you the, the points again. Make sure you got them all written down. Letter A, choose the crowd that loves Christ sincerely. Choose the crowd that loves Christ sincerely. The people that you hang out with, do they call on the Lord out of a pure heart? Then letter B, choose friends who are willing to wound you when you're doing wrong. Are you the type of person that you can never be told that you did something wrong? Man, you need to kick that if that's the way your attitude's been. Then letter C, choose friends who will provoke you to do right. Come on. I dare some of you in your Sunday school class. I dare some of you to invite somebody else to your Sunday school class. I dare you. I dare you, some of you guys, you adults. Some of you guys, the pastor's going to be preaching this week on uh, what the Bible says about alcohol. And you've got somebody that you know that um, they would just, it would really help them to know what the Bible says about that. And it, it, they may not be a drunk, you know what I'm saying? But, but all of us can know, you know, I need to better know from the Word of God how to identify that to, to, to people. Um, so, you know, let's provoke one another to, good love, to love and to good works. And then letter D, choose friends who will strengthen your relationship with God. It, this was interesting to me, and I didn't say it earlier about, I just kind of glossed over it. With Jonathan, Jonathan recognized God's plan for David and God's plan for Jonathan. And Jonathan submitted to that. He was going the right direction, and he encouraged David to keep going the right direction. Your best friends, the kids that you hang out with, the guys, the people, the coworker that you allow to influence you, do they know God's plan for your life? You know, a pastor mentions it a lot. You know, you're at work, and somebody's like, well, I'll tell you what I'd do if I was in your situation. And they haven't stepped foot in the church in 12 years or they're not saved you know they go to church every sunday but they're not saved all they can give you is man's advice that just a fleshly uh, uh counsel and it has nothing to do with the word of god you know what you need to do 
You need to let that stuff go in one ear and out the other and listen to God's word. Because if that person trying to influence you does not understand God's plan for your life, they're not going to be able to give you the counsel and the wisdom that God's word and other godly people can. So choose friends who will strengthen your relationship with God. And some of you may have somebody in your that you do know that's a Christian. But if they're not living for the Lord, walking in his word, they might have all kinds of advice till the sun comes down for you. But if it's not scripture, if it's not from God's word, don't allow that to influence you to where you're making decisions God doesn't want you to. So um, in conclusion, you should not ask yourself who likes me, but rather who am I like? It's not about who likes me, but rather who am I like? Are we like Christ? Man, if you're like Christ, you'll be the best friend to other people in the world. And that's what we should strive to be. We ought to strive to be like Christ because then we'll be the right type of friend. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for the opportunity to...